The king is dead. His successor, the Kaiser, will realize in his later years that Germany desperately needs to join in Europe's rapidly growing industrialization. In Frankfurt, a young man presents to the members of the Physics Association a device to reproduce sounds at any distance with the help of a galvanic current. The young man is Johann Philipp Reis. He calls his device telephone. In the United States, a new president takes his oath of office. His legacy will include abolishing slavery. The year is 1861. In my business dealings, my guiding principle was always that if both parties to a contract did not find their interest reflected in it, then both would lose, one money and the other trust. To be able to sign a contract without an ulterior motive and fulfill it punctually was to me one of the most intelligent things one could do in business. I always acted on the principle I'd prefer to lose money than trust. The inviability of my promises and the trust in my products and my word were always more important to me than any short-term gain. I would rather lose money than trust. Robert Bosch, pioneering and pragmatic, humanist and humanitarian. Book One, from the life of a global citizen. This is a time of large families with a great many children, and life takes place mainly in villages and small towns. Most people have never heard the sound of an engine. The automobile has not yet been invented, nor have roller skates or popcorn machines. Socks are knitted by hand, and the yarn is spun at home. The Pony Express is a brand new venture in America. Despite ending as a financial disaster, the enterprise is destined to grow into an American legend. During its heyday, somewhere along the 3,200 kilometers between St. Joseph, Missouri and Sacramento, there's always a rider on his route. No older than 18, no heavier than 60 kilos. Every 15 to 20 kilometers, he saddles a fresh horse and gallops on through the wide open spaces, bringing 10 kilos of express mail. The most famous of these young riders is Buffalo Bill. It was during these automobile-free days that Robert Bosch was born, in a small town in southwestern Germany, and a life began that was to take an unusual course. Change and upheaval, triumphs and disasters, revolutions and new beginnings awaited him. He would make his way with a view of the world that was ahead of its time. Robert was a bright, intelligent child. When young Robert was seven, his father sold the lucrative farm and the inn that went with it. He no longer saw a future for it, fearing that the construction of a new railway line would divert the travellers, who provided most of his business, from the roads. The family moved to nearby Ulm, a town of 25,000. In Ulm, Robert attended a secondary technical school. This caused him no trouble, 
but didn't engage him enough to make him excel. After leaving school, he was drawn to zoology and botany, but the prospect of first having to study at high school, followed by quite a lengthy program at university, was daunting. His father, meanwhile, was urging him to do an apprenticeship as a precision engineer. The boy took his advice and was soon bored to tears. Not only did my master seldom show his face in the workshop, but he did little to encourage learning. We apprentices were left to our own devices, and we were terrible idlers. I once had a large job ahead of me in which I was to file iron plates. My file was in very poor condition. I asked the master for a new one. He told me, I've had this file for twelve years, and now suddenly you tell me it's no good. Robert was exasperated because he knew he couldn't produce...